Well, today we are going to conclude um, our series on rightly dividing the word. We began this series on January 30th of this year. I was looking back and saying, when did, when did we start? January 30th. Now, it hasn't been consecutive. We, we took the whole month of March off to have missionaries here. They were speaking each week, and we looked at some other things, and some people taught at different different points. But we did start on January 30th, and uh, today is the uh, 20th lesson um, in that series. It's been exciting to see how it has uh, developed um, along the way. This isn't like... This isn't exhaustive of the topic when it comes to the Word of God. There's a lot more uh, that we need to do, and, and when it comes to rightly dividing the Word, really it comes to everything that we read in the Bible. We need to make sure we're understanding it properly and in its context. And this series hopefully um, got our minds in gear in that way when we're looking at Scripture to say, okay, wait, it's talking about this. Is that what I'm thinking it is? And looking at things in context and understanding it um, that way. As we were coming to this last lesson, we wanted to wrap it up with 20 lessons. I had three that I was going back and forth on. Which one did I want to be uh, the conclusion of the lesson or of the series? Uh, one study, and these are, I'll throw them out there in case you want to go out and find, research them yourself a little more. One was on the uh, word gospel, uh, looking at the word gospel in the Bible. Um, because there is the gospel of grace or the gospel of salvation uh, that is presented in the New Testament. That's how we are saved, the birth, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, but the Bible also mentions an everlasting gospel that's brought out during the time of uh, the tribulation in Revelation. There's also the gospel of the kingdom of God and the gospel of the kingdom of heaven referenced in the, in the um, Bible as well. And then there's another gospel that Galatians talks about, uh, which is not the gospel. And those are that's uh, one study I was looking at, at doing, but, but uh, did, decided not to. Another lesson I thought about was rightly dividing the judgments. Um, sorry, not the judgments. We did the judgments. Rightly dividing the resurrections. Uh, there are different resurrections throughout the, uh, throughout the um, Bible and the New Testament and prophesied in the future. And understanding which of those are really helps to put things in the right timeline when it comes to uh, the tribulation period and things of that nature. But we actually did look at the resurrections in our study on the end times that we did back in 2020 that's posted on YouTube. So if you want to catch that idea of the resurrections, it wasn't, per, it wasn't portrayed in this format of rightly dividing the word, but the topic was covered and the re resurrections were covered. So that is available on YouTube and I'm sure our church uh, um, webpage sermon audio as well, but that series. And then I came down to the wanting to end really practically with some very practical, simple truth from the book of Proverbs. And I wanted to look at the people of Proverbs. You know, when Proverbs is a book um, that is recorded for us. It was written by Solomon uh, to his son. And it was Solomon's desire to pass on to his son wisdom. Uh, isn't that the desire of all of us as parents? That we want to take the wisdom that we have and we want to give it to our, our young people and our, and, our, and our children especially. Uh, just this past week, I took my boys out uh, hiking in the woods. And we went and explored some caves and, and we're doing some things. But along the way, I kept stopping them to say, okay, look, here's something. And I'll teach them something about brushcraft uh, in the woods. This is this kind of plant. And this is what you can... You can do with this kind of plant and, and something that you can you can use this as, 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 a, as a treat while you're walking the woods. You can use the root there to, to make a drink and, and walking to up to the caves there and was looking at the cave walls. And I don't know if you know what um, 
geocaching is, but geocaching is a, a worldwide hide-and-seek thing that people hide things around and you go find them at, at, at certain locations. And as I was looking at the rock wall, I saw in the corner this perfect circle. So, you know, that, that doesn't belong there. So I bet you that's a geocache. But I stopped my boys. I said, I want you to look when you're in, when you're in nature, when you're in the woods, look for things that don't belong and, and don't match. And so they, they found it by watching and saying, well, wait a minute, there's a circle there. Yeah, circles don't belong in the woods. And they were able to find it or, or, or how we, we looked at some paths and some tracking things and just wanting to impart some wisdom. That's just, that's just uh, practical wisdom, not necessarily spiritual wisdom, but imparting wisdom to our children. And Solomon had the same desire for his son. Uh, Solomon, especially because he was given wisdom supernaturally by God. We know the story of how God came to Solomon and asked him what he desired to have. And Solomon said, you know what, I'm the king, but I don't know what I'm doing. And I, and I need some wisdom to, to know how to come in and how to go out and how to, how to rule your people and to rightly judge uh, these matters. And God gave him, God gave him wisdom. It's neat when you look at wisdom in the Bible. It's kind of a side note, but, but wisdom in the Bible is often connected with dividing things. Um, the Bible says that God created the world through wisdom. Um, and what do you see in the creation? It says God divided the light from the darkness and God separated the waters from the waters. You see that. And then what about Solomon's? What was the example of Solomon's wisdom uh, that he gave the illustration of dividing the baby? And division is closely associated with wisdom, which that's the topic of our study. Uh, d- division, rightly make the right division and having wisdom when it comes to the Word of God. But Solomon was given this wisdom by God, and he used it to lead the nation of Israel to become a powerful nation, but thankfully he didn't keep it to himself. Solomon recorded some of the wisdom that God gave to him so others could benefit as well. Now, we don't have all of the wisdom that, that Solomon recorded for us. God just took a portion of that wisdom and put it in the Bible. First Kings chapter uh, 4 tells us that Solomon spake 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. So there was other things that Solomon recorded that are not in the Bible. God chose this portion of a father imparting wisdom to his son to put into the word of God to preserve for us so we could have that wisdom as well. It's neat that that's the, the avenue of preservation was the education of a child by a parent. And as we said already, it's a parent's job to impart wisdom to their children. As Solomon imparts this wisdom to his son, one thing he tries to teach his son is about human nature. You need to understand how people work and, and what type of nature people have and, and some type of people that you want to be around and some type of people that you, you want to uh, avoid. And he gives these, he describes these people or, or he labels them by their nature. He didn't point out people in the palace and said, oh yeah, this guy over here, don't hang around him because of this because we wouldn't know what he was talking about. But he said an evil man you shouldn't walk with. So if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. A just man does this. And so he gives these character traits of the person that describes the person that way. So I wanted to go in and look at this idea of the, the people in, in Proverbs and who were these characters that Solomon was warning his sons about. But I started right there in chapter one and I went through, I was going to write down all the characters that Solomon talked about. By the time I got to chapter five, I was already at 12 different characters. So we're not going to go through all of the characters of Proverbs this morning. We, we narrowed it down a little bit more than that. There are, um, there's more than we can cover in a lesson, but there are some contrasts that are very good studies in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom and foolishness are personified as two women. Um, it's, it's a personification that Solomon uses to portray wisdom and foolishness, and they make a cry uh, to the simple. We'll look at that a little bit if you've got your notes there. We are going to talk about the simple, and wisdom and foolishness are, are after the simple. And what do, you, what do you see as God contrasts those two? Another example of contrast is the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. 
1, and the strange woman in Proverbs 2, 5, and 7, a contrast that God puts in, in, the, in the book of Proverbs. But for, for our topic today, we're going to make a, dis, a very important division between four types of people in Proverbs. It's actually from these four people that all the other characters of, in the book stem. It starts here, and the divisions that happen in these four people decide the rest of the outcome of what type of person someone ends up as. And there's one thing that divides between all four of these people. You can tell what type of a person you are or what type of a person someone else is simply based on their relationship with instruction. Instruction is the key. And how people respond to instruction or how, what the relationship is with instruction divides between these four types of people. And once you're in one of these groups of these four, you're, you're heading towards a destination that's going to end up um, in one of the other characters in the book of Proverbs. But you have your place there in Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to read just verse 20, um, 22 this morning. Let's actually read verse 21 as well. This is wisdom, wisdom calling out, and it says in verse 21, She crieth in the chief place of the concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. So in this one verse, we see wisdom talking to three of the characters of our study um, this morning. And the fourth is implied, and we'll see that um, as we get into the study. But these four characters of the wise man or the wise person, we have the simple, we have the fool, and we have the scorner. Those are the, the, the foundational people to the book of Proverbs. And we'll see how, it, how they respond to instruction determines how their lives um, turn out. Let's open with a word of prayer. We'll get into the study some more this morning. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to learn uh, from this practical wisdom here in the book of Proverbs. Lord, this is for uh, every age. Often we look at Proverbs and, and see the, the things that are directed to young people and their very important lessons. And that was the primary purpose of the book was to get the attention of young people, Lord. But there's all of us need to guard in our hearts um, from becoming the wrong type of person, having the wrong character. I pray you'd help us to, to see uh, how we respond to instruction and to fix things if they need to be corrected um, and to guard against these wrong attitudes, Lord. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So we're talking about instruction, how people respond to instruction. How many of you have ever gotten something that needs to be assembled? Uh, you get something that needs to be assembled, and it comes with instructions. Uh, my, my, my son used to call them the destructions, um, and so that's, uh, that's the, the instructions. How, what do you do with instructions? You know, a lot of people, they have different ways that they handle uh, that piece of paper that comes with whatever you're assembling. When we were in Belize this year, back in uh, May, we were building that school. And when the school building was basically done, one of the men in the in country that was helping with the project brought by four Ikea-style desks um, for us to assemble. And he just dropped them off for us, and we had some people uh, working on those, but I helped get them unloaded, and I was separating them. Well, this is part of this, and this part of this. It wasn't all in the original boxes, um, so we have all the parts that we kind of... Here's the four different desks, and, and they all had varying levels of, of instruction. For some of the desks, we had no instructions. Um, for one of the desks, we had instructions, but no hardware. Um, but my favorite was the one inch desk that, uh, that I helped put together. It had the instructions with it, but the instructions for an Ikea-style desk, if you know, those have like 700 pieces um, to, to clip together. Um, the instructions had three steps. Step one showed the first half of the desk together. And it's just a picture, no words. Step one, you need to make it look like this. 
Step two was the second half of the desk. And step three just said finished. Um, was, was step three. And so we had to go from those instructions to figure out how to get these 700 pieces um, put together. Um, and it looked like a desk when we were done, thankfully, uh, as far as getting that together. When it comes to instructions and uh, putting things like that together, different people respond. Um, the first is the type of person who knows how to do it, and they don't need the instructions. Uh, most, most guys are portrayed this way, that instructions, those are for the trash. Um, we don't need those because we can, we can get this put together. The, the second type of person is the one that skims the instruction. Now, this is usually where I fall um, into it. I'll pull out the instructions and I'll say, yeah, I think I can do that. Or, or nothing looks abnormal, so I'll just figure it. Then I throw the instructions away. Um, just to make sure there wasn't something weird that I was going to miss, and, and then I have to go get them later, just like the first guy does, and, and find out what we're doing. Then you have the, the, the person that references the instructions. They start working, and then they'll come back. and Okay, and they start working, and then they'll come back. And, but then you have the person who follows the instructions. They open it out, and they lay all the parts out where they're labeled right, and they'll have them separated into piles, and then just following everything. They're just different ways people respond to instructions. I remember when I was a, uh, when I was a young person, I learned a very valuable lesson um, from a cousin on instruction. Uh, I was working on a roof. I was about 15, 16 years old helping roof a house with my, my cousin who was a roofer. He was probably 21, so not too far apart between us, but we were up on the roof together. And, uh, but he was, he was laying the shingles. Um, I was laying them. He was nailing them, uh, working together there. And I'd already, by this time uh, in my life, roofed about three houses. So I had a, a general feeling for how things were supposed to work. And he told me, whenever I pass this to you, I want you to make sure that this lines up with this something along those nature, just giving instruction. And, and I said, oh, I know, because I've done it before. And he put down his tools. He turned and looked at me. He put his finger under my nose. He said, when you're working with somebody or for somebody, you never tell them I know. What was he trying to do? He was trying to say, you need to always be willing to listen to instruction. Even if you know, even if you know what you're doing, even if you've been around it, even if you've done it before, you need to be willing to listen to instruction, and I remember that, and that stuck with me, um, stuck with me. Things like that, I remember from, from, as a teenager, I had some older teens that got on to me a couple times, and, and that really, really got, got my attention. This was an unsaved guy, an unsaved guy, but he said, you know what, you need to learn to listen to instruction, and we're the same way. We need to learn to listen to instruction. So when we look at these four people, we see the first one in the book of Proverbs is the simple man, or the simple one. A simple person, if we just kind of really just define it very simply, what a simple person is, is a simple person is someone who does not know. They just don't know. They don't know what's right or wrong. They don't have instruction. The simple are those without instruction. Everyone starts as a simple person. All of us. We all start as a simple person. Um, and there are points for all of our lives in which we are simple. Um, when it comes to technology, I'm simple. I don't have I don't have the instruction with that's whether it's with with coding or or, or, or web development or or, or basic um, graphic work. I'm like I just I just don't know. I've never had that instruction. 
Uh, when it comes to my computer, I usually say we're not on speaking terms. Um, I can type a, a, a document and check my email, and, uh, and that's about as far as I can get on a, on a computer. I remember a couple years ago, standing in the back of the sanctuary with Pastor Gus, Pastor Caleb, and they were talking about um, technology that needed to happen up in the sound booth, and I was barely following the conversation. And, and then Pastor Gus threw out a word, and I stopped it, like, okay, hold on. He said, firmware. I said, you know what, I, I, I kind of know what software is. That's the stuff on the computer. You can't touch it. All right, then I know what hardware is. That's the stuff that you kick when it quits working. Well, what's firmware? I don't even, and he told me, I don't remember what it was anyway. Um, but it was, so just simple. I don't, I don't, I did, I don't know about that. I don't know what that, that, that types of things are. If I want to do more with computers than just type out my messages, I'm going to have to give, get instruction or I'll just remain simple in that area. You know, I said we all start simple. Every child is simple in every area. When you take the youngest of childs, they, they don't know anything. Um, that's why they need instruction. That's why we spend so much of a person's childhood giving them instruction. They, they start, and, and how much a child learns in the first couple of years of their life is amazing, the amount of information that they, uh, they, they get because of instruction. And then we put them in school and make sure they're getting instruction. But it's also very important because of this why we guard what they're being instructed about. Um, because they're just soaking it up. They don't know. They can't discern. Uh, they're simple. They can't discern between good and evil, and we need to guard what they're being instructed about. Schools today are very wickedly instructing children in all types of, of evil. And children, they don't know any better, and they're just going along with their instructors. It's, it's being presented as proof of how important this evil instruction is, is that the kids are agreeing with it. Well, of course they're agreeing with it. Their teachers are telling them it, and they, they think their teachers know, and they think their teachers have their best at heart for them. Psalms warn, uh, warns us not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, something that, you, that parents would not sit themselves and listen to themselves because they know how foolish and evil it is. They send their kids and they let their kids sit underneath that type of instruction. If you don't know about the wickedness going on in schools right now, you need to find out so we can stand against it. There are teachers that are getting online and bragging how 20 plus of their second graders are coming out to them as non-binary. These are children Titus's age that are being taught about sexual depravity by their teachers in their school. There's a boy being dressed up as a girl and doing runway walks and being promoted in newspapers as the youngest transgender model. Stuff going on with children right now, and that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the wickedness. Children are simple, and they need to be protected in that simplicity. So children are simple, and being simple is not in and of itself a bad thing. You see simplicity in the, in, the, in the book of Proverbs. It's just describing a fact. It's not saying most of the time one way or the other. Now, how a simple person responds to situations can be bad. But being simple in and of itself is, is just a fact of life that there's times that we're not instructed. And there are things that we should be ignorant of. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that God wants us to be simple concerning evil. As a Christian, as an adult, there are some things that we just shouldn't know about. We just shouldn't know about what's going on and, and things. And when it comes to uh, thinking of some examples, if you ask me what was the top 10 or top 100 or top 1,000 of any pop culture music, I couldn't tell you. I just don't know. And, and I'm simple in that regard. I don't know what any type of alcohol tastes like. I'm simple in that regard. And a lot of that comes, or almost all of that comes, from having parents that protected my simplicity. And having, having those, those, those convictions built into my life by my parents. 
We should be simple about evil things. And this is especially true when it comes to children and young people, that, that they, remain, they, they remain simple. And it goes beyond even, even the things that are, that are evil and wicked that they don't need to know about. Don't put adult burdens on children. Uh, let, let them be simple in regards to those things. I can give you uh, an example of, uh, I think I told you before, about something that happened during COVID. I was asked to counsel with a, with a 12-year-old, not, go, not somebody from our church um, or that comes to our church, but parents asked me to talk to him because he didn't want to leave his house because he was afraid he was going to die of COVID. Um, um, as a 12-year-old, wanted to lock himself in the home. Just, he, he, was, he was aware of an evil he didn't need to know about. Um, and I contrast that with my son Titus, who in the middle of 2021, about a year and a half into the, into the pandemic, he sat. We were sitting at the dinner table, and he said, "Hey, Dad, what's COVID?" Um, he, he just he just didn't know, and, and that's a good thing. I deal with our. I've taught our children here at the church a long time, and, and the bus kids, and, and they work in the junior church, and, and it breaks my heart because these young people come in and talk about anxiety. Anxiety. I didn't have anxiety as a young person. I didn't. I didn't think about things that were, were adult adult problems. I didn't. I didn't know who the president was until nine eleven happened. Um, just that politics didn't enter my life as a nine year old. But we have nine year olds downstairs who are getting into arguments about about political situations. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't know about those things. They shouldn't be concerned about those things. They should be. We should keep them simple and not not let put adult burdens on on children. And listen to kids talk about things like that, their, their anxiety and, and depression and, and things that they deal, deal with. These aren't, these aren't things that kids should be shouldering and burdens that they should be bearing. And that falls on the parents, not, not protecting children's simplicity. So being simple is not, not a bad thing. We should be keeping young people simple. We should be keeping ourselves simple when it comes to, to evil. But the Bible specifically does connect simplicity. Young people in Proverbs 1.4, you can see the verse there. The Bible says, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. He said, I got I to gotta teach the simple. And he says, that's a young man, someone who's young. They haven't had the life experience to, to, to know and to encounter these things and to have, have faced times where they've had to make these types of decisions. So I, I give them wisdom because they don't know themselves. Proverbs 7, 7 says, I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths. Uh, I just, those the, around the young people, that's who I looked at, and I saw that they were simple. This is not a dig on youth, where again, being simple is not a bad thing. It's a natural thing. It's just a fact that, that there are things that you don't know um, that you need to recognize that about yourself, that I just, I just don't know. I, I haven't had to deal with, with that, many, that many things, and, uh, and I have to, have to learn and have that humility about it. You know, the teen stereotype is that teens know everything, right? And, uh, and adults, we know that they, they, they don't. Of course, when we were teens, we thought we did too. Um, but we need, it takes humility to admit, you know, there's, there's things that I just, don't, I just don't know. But that's okay. Understand that you're simple, and that's okay. Just don't stay that way when it comes to, comes to the things of, of God. Yes, stay that when it comes to evil. Because the Bible warns about staying simple. Staying simple is a dangerous choice. In our verse that we read, to start out with, it says, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? Uh, why, why are you staying that way? We got, we got people that are just staying simple, um, and they don't want to, they don't want to mature. They don't want to, they don't want to grow up. They, they take the attitude, just ignorance is bliss. Um, it, it is bliss until life smacks you in the face, um, and then ignorance didn't do you so good. Um, we have young people that, that are in their 20s and, and 30s and 40s still, still at home and not having a job and, not, and, and living off of, off, of, off of parents, and there are situations where people are taking care of their parents and other situations where bad things happen, and we understand those, but people, they just don't want to grow up. 
people that don't want to grow up and don't want to, and they just want to stay stay a kid. Uh, the Peter Pan mentality, just want to never grow up. And we have a culture that's like that. And that's what the Bible's talking about. It says, how long you simple ones will you love simplicity? The Bible says in Proverbs 132, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them. When they turn away, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to learn. I don't want to grow. I don't want to be instructed because I just want to stay simple, and it's just easier that way. I don't want to. Don't don't tell me about what's going on because then I have to do something about it. We need to pursue wisdom and not avoid instruction. Let me give you an example from school. When you go to an actual actual high school, a lot of our young people are homeschooled, so they're not in this situation, but at actual high school, you get some leeway when it comes to picking your classes. And you have, here's the decision process for a typical high schooler. What's required and what's an easy A? Um, I'll take what's required, and then I'll take what's an easy A. I don't want to go into the calculus class. Um, I want to go to study hall, and it's not because people love studying. And they don't go. Most most people don't go to art class because they like coloring, and most people don't go to music class because they like music. They go because those are they're avoiding instruction. Uh, they don't want to take something that's going to challenge them. They want what want what's easy. Um, but we need to pursue instruction. And another point about the simple, the simple need to be pursued because they are being pursued. In Proverbs chapter 9, I told you there's a contrast between wisdom and foolishness and it's personified as a woman who's calling out. And, and listen to the call of foolishness. It says that in verse 13, a foolish woman is clamorous. She's simple, knoweth nothing. And here's what she calls out. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him. And then she goes on, in her, but she's calling, saying, Hey, foolishness, they want the simple. You don't know any better? Come with me. We're going to have a good time. You don't know what's right? Come with me. Foolishness is pursuing simple people. Foolishness is pursuing those who don't know any better. Foolishness is pursuing young people. Wisdom is pursuing as well. And we need to make the opposite call. While the world calls to our young people, we need to call them back to the Lord. While, while the world calls to our old people, we need to call them back to the Lord. Uh, we, need to, we need to counter the call that our culture has on people because they want to deceive uh, and they want to destroy. And, and we want to keep people in the path of wisdom. The world and the devil are after young people and anyone who is simple. There's always a choice which way you're going to go. Every time you're presented with truth, you have to pick. Am I going towards foolishness or am I going to go towards wisdom? Once you hear the truth, you no longer have the option of remaining simple. You're going to, you're going to take the next step. And we'll talk more about that path, but we're going to go now into the fool. So we have the simple, someone who doesn't know anything. They just don't know any better. They don't have the instruction. But a fool is someone who rejects instruction. As I just said, when you, when you are simple, you don't know, and then you're confronted with truth. Now you do know. You're not simple anymore. Now you have to respond to that instruction. A fool says, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. When they hear instruction, they say, no, that's not for me. Uh, maybe that works for you, but that's not for me. I'm going to go my own way. And that's what the Bible defines as a fool. A fool is the most referenced person in the book of Proverbs. The word fool shows up in some form 84 times in the book of Proverbs. There are four different words that are translated as fool. The first is someone who is just careless in his decisions. He doesn't think through what he's doing. 
If it feels right, do it. That's the way he lives his life. Doesn't matter if something's right or wrong, beneficial or harmful, good or bad. He just does whatever is want that what does whatever he wants. He's just careless about his decisions, and that's one way that the fool is presented in the Book of Proverbs. The second type of fool is someone who deliberately rejects instruction. Well, if God says that, I'm going to do the opposite. If my parents say this, well, I'm going to do something different. That's another type of a fool. If God says don't, I'm going to do it. The third type of a fool is someone who justifies his foolishness. He despises correction and he's arrogant in his sin. He'll flout the fact that he's being disobedient to God. And uh, this is the word Nabal. Nabal should sound familiar. There was a man named Nabal. A man named Nabal in the Old Testament who, who had no regard for God or God's man and no regard for his personal responsibilities. He was going to do whatever he wanted. He didn't care what anybody thought about it. Well, God had some thoughts about it and killed him for it. Um, and that's one type of foolishness. The last type of fool, it's only mentioned once in the book of Proverbs, but it carries the idea of being gullible. They don't have the sense or the interest to hear or to find out what the truth is. It is at the place of instruction that a person chooses foolishness or wisdom. And if you reject truth or you reject instruction, you have become a fool. We see that a fool rejects knowledge. We saw in our, in our um, text verse for today, that verse ends, how long will ye fools hate knowledge? They don't want the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They're not going to listen to the truth. They're going to, when the truth is presented, they're going to do the opposite. Um, that is the attitude of the fool. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, Proverbs 1, 7 tells us. The fool shows up in the New Testament um, in a parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter, 20, chapter 7, verses 26 and 27. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, listens to instruction, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. So a foolish man, what's a foolish man? Someone that hears instruction and doesn't do it. Hears what's right, says no. Here's what's right and goes the other direction. That, that, is a, that is a fool. If you know what's right and you're not doing it, the Bible says you're a fool. Truth is found in the Word of God. And when the Word of God is rejected, one is on the path of foolishness. Foolishness starts as a young person. In Proverbs 15 verse 5 says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction. That's where it starts, not listening, not listening to the authority that God's put into, our, into your life or our lives, the, the parental authority that God put there. A, God put us in a home with our parents, and they're the first to give us instructions. When a young person is going against what their mom and dad say and teach, they are on the road to foolishness. A fool hurts those around you. It hurts your parents. The Bible says a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. It hurts your friends. The Bible says he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And it hurts those around you. The Bible says, forsake the foolish and live. Meaning, if you don't forsake the foolish, you're going to die. Uh, it's, it's not going to turn out well for you when you're around a foolish person. If you're a foolish person, it's not going to turn, around, turn out well for those around you. Um, I've seen young people that have, that have chosen to go into doing what's wrong, and they're doing it in secret, but they don't want their friends to do it too because they know it's bad. But it's going to happen. Your foolishness is going to spread when you are rejecting the truth. A fool plays with sin. They think sin is no big deal. The Bible says in Proverbs 10 that it is as a sport for a fool to do mischief. He just thinks it's a game. Sin's a game. He also thinks sin is funny. Fools make a mock at sin. Proverbs chapter 14 verse number 9 tells us. They play around with sin. They don't mind going down that road. A fool will refuse correction. You can't tell them what to do because they've already decided that their way is right. 
I remember as a young person uh, with my dad, I would have an idea of how something, uh, something should work or something ought to work. And I'd present it to my dad and he'd be like, no, nah, it's not going to work. Like, well, you, if you look at it this way and you see what this is, and I explain it to him, like, eh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Um, I'm like, well, no, actually, if, if you're looking at it and, and you're probably not hearing what I'm saying, and, and I'll explain it again. And he's like, okay, well, go ahead. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. When, I, when my dad said, okay, go ahead, I had learned that's not a good thing to do because I was in my own, in my own foolishness. I had it set what was gonna work and how it was gonna work, and I wasn't listening to correction. I wasn't listening to instruction. And he's like, okay. Go for it. And I had learned, okay, when dad says go ahead, that means don't do it. Um, that's for, for, for real this time. Um, because that's foolishness doesn't listen to correction. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, Proverbs chapter 12 says us, tells us. We see also that a fool should be avoided. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. When you learn that someone is a fool, meaning that they, when they hear instruction, they're not going to respond to it, God says avoid that type of person. And if you're wanting to do what's right, you will avoid that type of person because there is, you, can't, you can't help it because your lives are going different directions. We, we come to, again, this crossroads. A simple person is walking down the road and they meet with instruction. Now they're no longer simple. The road divides. You can't go on being simple. The road to one side is to say no to instruction and I pursue the path of foolishness. The other side is to say yes to instruction and I'm on the path of wisdom. And someone who's on the path of wisdom is on a different path than the person in foolishness. If you're walking together with a foolish person, you're walking down the wrong road. And God says, avoid the foolish. So forsake the foolish and live. We looked at that verse already. So we need to avoid the foolishness. Don't be a fool. Don't be around a fool. The result of foolishness, we see the other characters in Proverbs stem from the two paths taken by the simple. Simple comes, and he gets to this place in his life, and he's deciding foolishness or wisdom. And as he continues down those roads, those roads branch off as well. And the path of foolishness ends up in characters. The, the book of Proverbs talks about the wicked man, talks about the unjust man, talks about the unclean person, talks about the person who goes down the path of death when it comes to encountering the strange woman. It, the book of Proverbs talks about sinners, the, the wicked, those who are evil. These are just a few of the people who got on the path of foolishness, and that's where they ended up. So that's the fool. You have the simple, they come to instruction, they just didn't know. The fool, they hear instruction, and they say, no, I'm not going to do that. Wisdom is the other side. The wise man, or the, or the wise person. The wise is, someone, wise is someone who heeds instruction. A wise person knows what's right and chooses to do right. The wise are the second most mentioned in the book of Proverbs. Being wise is mentioned in some form 71 times in the book. But a wise man will listen to and respond to instruction. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. A man's going to hear, he's going to increase learning, he's going to listen to the wise counsel. That, that's a wise person. Jesus talks about the wise man in his parable as well. It says, therefore, he that whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. Notice that both starts with hearing. They both heard. They were simple, then they heard, and the foolish man didn't do it. What about the wise man? Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built the house on the rock. You heard it, you did it, that made you wise. You heard it, you don't do it, that makes you a fool. 
Whenever truth is presented, whenever the Word of God is preached, whenever you open your Bible and read your devotions, you are at the juncture of simplicity, and you're going to choose, am I going to heed or reject this instruction? We get to that decision over and over and over again in our life, and we have to build a pattern of choosing wisdom. Well, if God said it, I'm going to do it. That's, that's, all, there is, that's all there is to it. Proverbs 8 tells us to hear instruction, to be wise and refuse it not. Wise people will pursue wisdom. We talked about the simple, loving simplicity that they're just, I don't want to know. But wise people, they say, you know what, tell me more. Tell me more. They want to hear more. They want to know more. They're pursuing other opportunities of getting instruction. That's a wise person. Give instruction to a wise man, he'll be wiser. Hear counsel, receive his instruction, and thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. You don't have to be old to choose to be wise. Proverbs 13 says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, in contrast to the fool who rejects the instruction. So you can start choosing the path of wisdom as a young person, and you need to. You need to start making that pattern of decisions in your life now. The wise are grateful for their correction. Rebuke a wise man, he will love thee. Proverbs 9, verse number 8. There's reward for those who are wise. Proverbs 3, 35 says, The wise shall inherit glory. Proverbs 15, 24 says, The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. Proverbs 21, 20 says, There's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Proverbs 14, 24 says, The crown of the wise is their riches. And as we continue down the path, where does the wise man end up? He, he's simple. He runs into instruction. He chooses to do what God tells him to do. And we see him down the road being presented in the book of Proverbs as a holy man, as just, as righteous, as blessed, as upright, and many more characters that, that, that stem from the encounter at instruction and what you did with it. Whether I choose to reject it, whether I choose to heed the instruction, um, and which path do I set my life on. The fourth character is kind of off on his own um, from, the, from the book of Proverbs, and it again has to do with his instruction, and that is the scorner. The scorner mocks what is right. It's different from the fool who rejects the truth because the fool at least listens. He hears the instruction and he chooses to reject it, but a scorner despises truth. He makes fun of the truth and he refuses to listen to truth. He delights in his scorning. Proverbs 21-22 where we started, and the scorners delight in their scorning. He delights in his rejection of what is right. He takes pleasure in mocking those who do right. He'll take every opportunity to tear down in those who do and promote right. A scorner is the one who makes fun of your parents' rules. A scorner is the one who mocks holiness. A scorner is one who tears down biblical authority. A scorner is one who gossips about those with convictions and standards. They attack holiness in order to justify their own behavior. And a scorner, the Bible tells us, they cannot find wisdom because they're not willing to listen to instruction. They already know everything. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. Until a scorner is willing to put down his scorning, and listen to instruction, he's going to stay a scorner. He can never hear wisdom. There's times where I door knocking and give many examples of knocking on the door and meeting a scorner. And I just have to leave because there's, there's nothing I can tell them because they are they're delighting in their scorning because they won't listen to instruction. A scorner will not hear rebuke because of their pride. Pride takes praise too readily and rejects correction too quickly. A scorner heareth not rebuke, the book of Proverbs tells us. Reprove, a, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. 
Rebuke a wise man, he'll love thee. A scorner cannot be corrected, and that's because he's driven by pride. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace to the lowly. There's a contrast between being lowly and being a scorner in that verse. In Proverbs 21, 24, proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. It's his pride and his arrogance that causes him to mock the truth because he is, he is set in his own evil. And we see a scorner should be rejected. Proverbs 22, verse 10 is cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. This is something, a, a, a verse that a lot of Christian schools have had to put into place when they kick a student out. When they say, you know what, if we're going to get things right, get the contention out, we've got to get rid of the scorner, the one who's mocking. And we might want to try to help them, but if they're going to be a scorner, then they're not going to listen to instruction. And, and we have to separate from that. So we see these, these four people in Proverbs. Every one of us are simple in areas of our life, and every one of us start completely simple. But we come to the crossroads of instruction, and then we can't stay simple anymore. The road splits, and we choose. We make a choice. Am I going to reject my instruction that I just got? That puts me on the path of foolishness. And we saw where that path ends up. It continues to branch, and it ends up in a bad place. Then we see that if I hear that instruction, and I listen to that instruction, and I do what God tells me to do, I'm on the path of wisdom. And I'm heading down that path. I make those choices. I want to give you a very profound truth, very simple, but very profound truth when it comes to which road we're taking. And that is simply, you're going to end up where you're headed. You're going to end up where you're headed. Say, well, I'm just going to choose foolishness for a couple of years, and then I'm going to get right. Well, I'm I'm just going to choose foolishness here, um, but, but in this one area in my life, and I'll just do right everywhere else. You end up where you're headed. If you're on the path of foolishness, that's where you're headed. You're on the path of wisdom. You, you have those times, and, and young people, you, you hear instruction, and it doesn't make sense, and you think people are just getting on to you, and they're always, always, always getting on the young people. Well, I don't understand about you choose wisdom. You're, you're headed the right way, and, and you're going to end up where you're headed. 